This week on episode 54 of your favorite recovery talk show, KB and I welcome Kim Marino, another sober techie who's come on the show to share her amazing recovery story. And it's all brought to you by our sponsor, Brainwashed Coffee Company. Head on over to their website, brainwashedcoffeeco.com, and use the promo code SOBERHIGHWAY, all one word, at checkout. You'll get $5 off your first order. Plus, if you order three or more bags, you'll get free shipping. All right, get ready, get set, and let's go. This is your favorite recovery talk show, The Sober Highway Podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay. Take your time. Just so you know, I just hit the record button. Okay. Yeah, so you want to hear about you want to hear about how I almost killed someone at the gym today? Like Yes, I would love yeah. to hear that. Okay, so the, go ahead. So I I was training on the yoke, which is like a you know, it's two bars on either side, two vertical posts, and then you connect it. It looks like a field goal thing, right? But upside down. So you like, you get under it and you walk on it with both, with your hands on either side and, and you load it up with weight and see how far you can go with it and how fast and all this. What's this, what's this machine called again? I want to see if I can Google it. Oh, it's just called a yoke, Y-O-K-E, yoke, yoke, carry. Like strongman style? Okay. But you have to assemble the yoke, right? So you have to put this crossbar over these other two tall bars. And the bars are probably like six and a half feet oh, tall. Oh, it's almost like uh, it's it, it's almost like a sled type thing. Yeah. It, yeah, kind of. Um, it's You don't drag it, though. You pick it up. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Go ahead. You have to assemble the damn thing. And so I did. But I'm like, I'm five on a good day and i'm trying to disassemble it and i took the crossbar off and then the pillars were just standing there and the pillars usually just stand there with no problem but one of the pillars got a little got a little cranky today decided it was going to fall over and almost almost hit someone who was squatting and i was like humiliated i was like oh no he was like it's okay it's no problem nobody's but it just like and it went so fast that i couldn't even like grab it or anything i just watched it and i was like (laughs) so yeah that's good safety safety third safety third anyway um but it what i'm looking at right here it looks like i mean am i looking at the right thing here let me just show you really quick uh is this what i'm looking at right here yeah 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 but the the side like the crossbar on the top right here yeah you have to pull it off right like we we take it off so we can store it easier it doesn't just sit there like all assembled Right, but you didn't have weights on it? Not on the bottom. No, I had taken the weights off because I was done. Oh. Yeah, I was cleaning up. But I will tell you, I got t- I held 200 pounds in each hand today for 20 seconds. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, so that was my big... Was, was that a PR? Mm, maybe. I don't know. I haven't really ever done that exercise, so I don't have a good... Yeah, sure. So sure, it was a PR. <laughs> Hey, if you do it the first time, it's a PR, right? It was pretty rad. We had fun. We had fun today. So, and I, I was so, walking around with about four hundred and thirty on the yoke. So, not, eh, nice. Not, not as much as I need to have. You should be proud. Mm. I wish I could lift that much. One day. Well, I got to tell you, it, you. It's obvious that like you're looking trim, my friend. Me? Yes. Get out of here. Oh, Please. I can tell the difference between when you started going to the gym and everything for your wedding, right? I. I, well, I haven't started going to the gym yet. Have you started I also, dieting a little bit or something? Or, uh, well, it's been—I want to say it's been a week since I've had McDonald's. I last had McDonald's, so that's good. Fair. I just went back to 
I just got from I just went to Costco today, so chicken bake. You know, yep, I did get a chicken bake. Oh yeah, chicken. It bake. was it was the first time I've ever gotten one. I was nervous, but I I You've got never it. had one before. Oh no. my god, what'd you think? I thought it was good. It's not something I it it's something like I, they sell them. You could buy them like in a box. Oh. But I was like, you know, every time I go, I get the hot dog and the soda. Mm-hmm. But the hot dog, it's just like girth-wise, it's too big. <laughs> like the hot dog is too big. <laughs> yeah, okay. I And I never finish it. And I'm like, you know what? This time I'm going to try the chicken bake. Mm-hmm. And I have to say it tasted exactly like I expected it to taste. Mm-hmm. It wasn't I wasn't planning for it to be amazing, but it was worth what I it was worth what I paid. It's worth like the three bucks or however much it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I went, we got I got like I'm making it a mission now to to buy less like frozen food, like not mm-hmm. Buy more produce. Like I bought a bag of clementines. I bought some grapes, some blackberries for Michelle. I bought, you know, a bag of uh, like Caesar salad mix so we can have salad because yeah. she doesn't really like all the fixings in it. So just it's basically just a bag of chopped romaine hearts. That's all it is. Um, you hear that? Yeah. What's that? Uh, it's a it's a horn that goes off every. Uh, I don't know. I want to say every hour, but it's just fucking annoying. Why do you have a but, horn um, that goes off every hour? I don't fucking know. It's not in my apartment. It's it like you can hear it in the village. Is it? That sounds like a tornado siren. Well, uh, well, it's been going off ever since I moved in here. Oh my god! And nothing bad's ever happened. We live like a block away from the train tracks, though, so we do hear oh. the railroad come through every once in a while. But it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got, I got some good snacks from Costco. I got the honey wheat pretzel twists. Ooh, those are so good. Yeah. And I got some, uh, you know, pop, you ever heard of popcorners? Hmm. No, what is that? It's like, uh, it's like an air popped, like rice cake type snack. Ooh. And or it's either rice or corn. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it comes. It's in an assorted. Um, it's an assorted pack, and it has three flavors. It's sea salt, white cheddar, and kettle corn. Oh, ten out of ten. Yeah, they're really good. They're popular. They're all over the place. Um, what else did I get? I bought some chicken breast. I bought some ground beef, which I portioned out. Um. And then some like stuff for the house, like laundry detergent, tissues, mm. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And I and I and I only spent like just over two hundred bucks, which at Costco is pretty good. Not a bad, not a bad way to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I love their canned chicken because like for um for living alone, it's difficult to um it's difficult to do produce and like fresh meats um because I just can't get through it all. You know, if I buy anything Mm -hmm. in bulk, so I love the canned chicken because it's like already cooked up. You just throw some sauce on it, throw it on some rice, add the broccoli, call it a day. Like I I used to be really into cooking, but I just I don't have the energy for it anymore. And frankly, I don't care what I eat. I just have to get something into my body. You know, does it taste good? Like, does it 
Like I, I always felt nervous to try canned chicken. I mean, it tastes like it just it like chicken salad. Like just you know, it's the same consistency of like. Okay. So you can make chicken salad really easily. It's delicious with like grapes and celery and a little bit of almonds and then like you so i can just throw together and mayonnaise right like what kind of chicken salad curry. is that i like curry chicken salad yeah i do it with like that sounds very good yeah you put it with curry powder and then you do all those things in there a little Ooh. bit yeah a little bit of raw, raw onion in there too it's delicious um so i like to do i would love i, I would that. love to make that the problem is michelle hates onions she hates mayonnaise she hates curry Oh, that's heartbreaking. She's a very picky eater. Okay. It's a problem. Well, some, you know, I've, <laughs> I've been in relationships with picky eaters before too. And so I, I, it takes a little bit of, you know, effort. She won't eat Brussels sprouts. Even like the good, the good kind with balsamic and bacon. Uh, I, okay. I've tried. I've tried. They're not for like, everyone. There are certain things that she won't eat and... Like, no matter how I prepare it, she won't eat it. But, like, certain things, like, she doesn't like string beans, but if I make them a certain way, mm -hmm. she'll eat them. Mm -hmm. um, the other day, I made, like, this chicken pot pie thing mm -hmm. that my mom used to make for me when I was a kid. And she saw me making it, and she's like, oh, my God, you're putting mayo in that? Ugh, I don't want to touch that. And then I was like, she she ordered she ordered Wendy's for herself while the food was in the oven. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? She goes, Dan, there's mayo in it. I will not eat it. I said, if you hadn't seen me put the mayo in there, you would have eaten this and been fine, right? And she's like, probably, but because I saw the mayo and I am repulsed by mayo. What is it with people who are repulsed by mayo? Like, I don't understand it. I like mayonnaise. I don't know. I do, but like, I mean, I don't want to say I'm repulsed by it, but like, I've, I, I, Try to go light on the mayo. Like if I'm putting it on a sandwich, I just do enough to coat the bread so it doesn't like stick to the roof of my mouth. You know what I mean? I like okay, brand brand shout out here because listen, I was like on the fence about mayonnaise until I tasted Wait, wait, wait. What? What type what brand of mayo are you? Sir Kensington's. Have you ever had Sir Kensington's you know mayonnaise? It's different. You know what? I've heard good things about Sir Kensington's mayonnaise. I thought you was I thought you were gonna say like Hellman's or Dukes. No, Sir Kens Sir Kensington's no this mayonnaise, if I Sir could get them to sponsor me, I would. Sir Kensington's mayonnaise is no joke. I don't know what it is that they put in there. Shout out Sir Kensington's. Ten out of ten. I there unequivocally that I would have Sir Kensington's mayonnaise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, the best way to make a good grilled cheese is with mayonnaise on the outside of the bread. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. 100% agree with that. Yeah. I learned, I saw that on TikTok a while back, and I was like, I'm never going back to using butter. Yeah. 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 It's 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 100%. So um, yeah, it's okay. She doesn't have to like mayonnaise, but, you know, just sneak it in. Because <laughs> it tastes delicious. There are a lot of things, though. There are a lot of things, though, that we both don't like. Like, for example, we both hate tomatoes. We both are not big seafood people. Um, however, we both like fried calamari. What's that? Okay, number calamari. one, tell me. Oh, calamari. Okay. Calamari. Calamari. Uh, tell me what yeah. about your anniversary dinner at Foca de Chao. Oh, okay. Oh, wasn't that for that? So, yes, mm. yes. I took her. No, no, no. It was for Valentine's Day and her birthday. Okay. Um, so 
Let me just say the food was absolutely delicious. Did you did, were there chicken hearts there? Am I crazy that I didn't No, there were not <laughs> chicken hearts at Fogo de Chao. Get I out went of here. to one that had Okay, I must have gone to I'm going to add different. I'm going to add Kim. Okay. Kim is here. Kim, can you hear us? Yeah, totally. Hey, Kim. Hi. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. We're just talking about meat. We're talking about meat. Yes. Oh, wait, meat or meat? Meat. Meat. Oh my well, god. Well, meat like, you, and meat, I guess you could say. You just bring me in now on this conversation about meat. Like, <laughs> how, like wait, can, can I cuss? Oh! <laughs> yes! <laughs> that is the record. You're the first person oh, to ask goodness. it that fast. Yes, you absolutely may. Yes. Go ahead. So, so Kim... <laughs> So we and uh, KB and I have kind of tr been keeping track of how long it takes for our guests to ask if they can cuss. So you got it first. So you were that was that was pretty early. Tell us, tell us um, about your tell us about your snack story here. Well, it's so. Oh, sorry. Right. I didn't ask about my snacks. I was like, I'm about to tell you everything I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Dan. Go on. Okay, so um, so last week I told I told KB that I was taking my fiance to Fogo de Chao, um, for her birthday slash Valentine's Day because her her birthday is the day after Valentine's Day, and we normally go to the location that's like five minutes from our house, but one there was a location that had just opened up at the mall that she works at, so we went there. And the food is delicious, as always. You know, whenever you go to like a Brazilian style steakhouse where they just they just freaking bring the meat to your table and they cut it right right there in front of you, it's delicious. You can't beat it. The only problem was when we got the bill, it was two churrasco style dinners and two sodas, no extra stuff, nothing. Between that, the tax and the tip was $170. My dude, did you, yeah. Well, number one, she deserves it. She deserves it very much. So, yeah. She she saw she asked to see the bill. I told her no. I I only I showed her after I paid it. Of course, she asked to see it, and she was like, first of all, I am very sorry to make you pay that. Second of all, we will never come back here for dinner again. Lunch, instead. lunch, div yeah, because at lunch it's cheaper per head. So, um. It's only like 40 and change per head for lunch. It's like $63 a head for dinner. It's like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. Okay, but but even that, like 40 bucks for lunch, like you're talking to someone that eats trashy, like a trashy person that eats trashy food. Like I will swing by McDonald's because it's like under 10 bucks. Yeah. Oh, oh, believe the 40 please, bucks. I could put up I could put away a couple McDoubles and some chicken nuggets. Like, but you know, that's kind of our that's kind of our like fancy meal like our yeah. go-to you know like if we want to be bougie and have a nice dinner we go there and and let me just tell you for four whether it was forty dollars a head or sixty dollars a head we still got our money's worth you ate like they brought like they bring like a like a skewer like i don't know maybe two or three feet long and there's maybe like four or five 10 ounce filet mignon medallions chilling on this steak on the skewer. And I was like, can you just leave one of those medallions here? Like just for the two of us. So, and, and we did that twice. 
Well, the, 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 the fact that the food is referred to as a medallion tells you everything you need to know about what you're going to pay. Like, That's a good point. <laughs> like, that is a very, very I never go to <laughs> and I'll be like, me da dos medallas de, de, de carne asada, like two carne asada medals. Like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Kim, I am so excited to have you here. You come so highly recommended. From from Frankie, yes, yes. As a, well, that's from my, my from my dealer or my sponsor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or your sponsor too. But we're so excited to have you today. And so, um, you know, with our mind now that we're fully primed and ready for dinner, um, <laughs> thanks to Dan. I love how you said primed like steak. Oh, yeah, dad joke. Here we go. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Um, let's learn a little bit about you and dive into dive into your sobriety story. Where do you? live what a little bit about your history and let's just get to know you a little bit okay so i'll start off by saying that first of all thank you for having me on this podcast uh yes i have been listening uh and whenever i need a moment of serenity i'm like let me just hear about some other motherfuckers terrible story to make me feel better about what's going on in my life you know um so thank you uh my sobriety date is July 31st, 2006. So congratulations. Thank you. Put me what 15 and a half, but in reality it's what I got up at 9 today, so I don't know, 8 hours, I guess. Maybe that's what I have. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a long ass time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm actually I identify I identify as an addict, but my drug of choice has actually been marijuana. Uh, okay. and so I've been free from marijuana and alcohol and all mind altering substances since July. Uh, and I actually got sober through marijuana anonymous, which a lot of people don't know exists. In fact, uh, I even got it tatted on my arm hey, uh, at nice. five years. Cause I was like, this, this program, this program works. Uh, and it's always this funny thing and people are like, wait, there's a marijuana anonymous. And they're like, wait, people can get addicted to weed. And I always say like, if I could get addicted to a number two pencil, I would, you know, mm. it, it, it doesn't matter the substance. I will do it alcoholically. Like I, you know, people say like binge watch, like I've been binge watching before there was a Netflix. Okay. Like give, give me a break. Like I know what's up. Um, we, we actually did. I remember one of our earlier episodes when we talked about, we talked about the addictive personality and how mm. it's a myth. One of the things we said in that episode was the fact that people tend to use a, a lot of times people use the word addicting or saying that something is addictive is essentially you're saying that it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's and it's funny. It, it's it's funny you mentioned that because it's just like for me, addiction just never means a good thing ever. Right. Um, yeah, right. And and it's funny. Even my therapist was like, "Well, you know, we have addictive personalities." I was like, "You can't tell me that, like, because then what my little addict brain's gonna do is be like, well, you know, it's just personality. So, you know, like, let me just shoot this heroin. Like, it's just my personality <laughs> as yeah. opposed to actually." Did your did your therapist actually say that to you though? Yeah, she has. You know, I, I think I might be her first patient that has is in recovery, and mm, okay. I have a suspicion that she like she uses cannabis recreationally, which. I don't really give a shit. I don't give two shits, but it's just like, you can't tell me, like, you can't tell me that it's addictive person. Like people have addictive personalities and I might have one if 
I did drugs for 10 years and that was not an addictive personality. That was like a serious drug problem. At least for me, it was. I'm I'm going to send you – you're still seeing this therapist, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Side note, I'm going to send you an article if, you, if you'd like – yeah. Let your th- have your therapist take a look at it and then talk to her about addictive personality. But go ahead. I like that. I'm I like that. I'll, I will do my homework. Uh, so... Dan, Dan, will you put that in the show notes too? Uh yes, cool. absolutely I will. So let's see. Uh I don't have... I think it's you now. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, so like <laughs> I always tell people I'm like, I'm just like a stoner fat dyke. that's the best way to describe it like i don't i mean kb kudos to you on like powerlifting and like i'm gonna get fit through your instagram you know like i'm gonna watch work out okay (laughs) it's part of my personality i uh i just i don't know i've always wanted things in abundance since i was a kid and so like uh, when my sister first let me try let me try marijuana i think it was must have been like 12 I just remember that the, the color of the bong was the same color as the dude's hair that was lighting the bong. And like, I remember tasting it and being like, this tastes like ass. And I didn't even know what ass tasted like at that point in my life. And so like, <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. But I was like determined, absolutely determined to get high. I, I had heard about how wonderful it was and like, I made it a goal. Um, so it, it, it's, it's, it, I, I kind of like was looking for those folks that could give me access to it. Uh, but then like things, I feel like things just sort of changed. Like I was headed in one direction. Like I could have probably had a life where I could use cannabis recreationally or could have, could have drank recreationally. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I was about 12 and a half, I think it was like 12 and a half, uh, it was sexually assaulted by a stranger. So that's sort of like, like turn like did like a hard 180 like this is where you're headed um and i don't like to you know it, it's funny you mentioned this therapist like this one this therapist i have is actually really good she got me to like understand that yet it wasn't the assault necessarily that made me an addict it was that like i was a kid trying to deal with adult things and i had no mm-hmm. resources i think to myself like if i gave a kid if i told a kid like you have to figure out like a monthly budget a kid would be like what the hell like i don't know what to do and and not be able to do it and that's Mm -hmm. essentially what happened with me it was like you had something really terrible happen to you you have to somehow walk through life and feel okay but yet carry this feeling of like it was your fault you could have said something you could have said no and then at the same time, like hiding it all. And I remember like after it happened, it was a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like, that, like I got home and I remember making, telling myself like, all right, you got two choices, kid. You could either like speak up and say something or you could just not say anything and hold it in you. But if you choose number two, you are going to have to hold it in you for the rest of your life because you don't want to be one of those women out there that's like, can't be in the dark you know can't hold a job like you need to be successful and that means pushing it way past your stomach way past your thighs way down into your toes and so i made i made the decision and it was okay it was it was fine it was sort of i don't know just walking through life like i guess this is just what happens um and then it just i don't know i think it was at that point that as a kid i was just like i can't cope with this anymore 
um, I need to just get out of here. Um, not like I was having flashbacks, but just more like something just doesn't feel right. I feel really dirty. And then on, on top of it, you know, I'm, I'm going to a, a Catholic school. Um, and there's all this thing about like just sex and marriage and, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I just did something terrible. Um, and so I discovered cigarettes. I discovered alcohol. Uh, I discovered how popular I could be if I brought my mom's Henny to, uh, to middle school, which is, if you think about it, like this kind of tells you the kind of classy person I am. I'm not bringing you fucking beer. Okay. <laughs> or bringing you watered down vodka. Nah, girl, I got you. I'm bringing you that Henny. Okay. That cognac, that good shit. Right. So I, um, I was an entrepreneur. I started to I started to to fill uh, prescription pill bottles with cognac and I would sell it to the girls in my school because I went to an all girls school at this point uh, and I would sell for two dollars like a, a, a two dollars a pour you would you would get a little bit of cognac and there I was like and then I had an older sister that hooked up with cigarettes and I and my school was a seven through high school so all the high schoolers were like yo what up can I get some some Marlboros and be like, yeah, what you want? You want Marlboros? You want P-Funks? Like just, just we, and like, again, like $2 a cigarette. Like I was, I was drinking it some dough um, until my business will shut down. Uh, <laughs> That'll happen. <laughs> yeah, like happen. We're talking, you know, we talk all this, all this, all this, like, oh, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg made Facebook from like his dorm room. Why aren't we talking about the 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 13 year old mexican kid from the suburbs in an all-girls catholic school making hand over fist money by selling illegal substances to her peers that is the entrepreneur story i want you know okay. you say what you will about addicts and alcoholics we are resourceful as fuck like mm -hmm. i Thank you. okay listen i helped my entire freshman class in college cheat through physics 1500 kids because we've because we need attention right like we i'm like i'm like i need people to know that i'm i'm you know worthwhile yeah and so i'm happy to be the resource of doing like like nefarious shit just so i can get some more attention are you the same oh. way I, I never did anything like oh, yeah. that uh, not, a good kid well <laughs> no not that not that i was not that i mean i don't want to say i was a cool kid in school i don't want to say i was a dweeb either but like I just don't have the competency to pull that stuff off. Like I'm not smart enough to pull that stuff off. <laughs> like it's fun just like try to get past the man. That, like yeah. when I remember yeah. when I was in college, I was sit I was maybe in like a I I had this class in like a 3 or 400 person lecture hall and I sat down for a final exam and I just so happened to be sitting next to someone cuz I wanted a seat like near the door like the back door so I could leave as soon as I'm done. You know, um, and this guy who's sitting next to me leans over and goes, yo, so like, how are you feeling about this test? I'm like, bro, I've been studying for almost 10 hours straight. I got nothing, man. He goes, bro, would you mind like sitting somewhere else? Like I'm trying to, I'm low key trying to cheat on this test. <laughs> like, like, say no more, bro. Say no more. <laughs> it's good meeting you. <laughs> I was like, pleasure networking we got a network that's important yeah. okay so so you're so you're filling prescription bottles with with hennessy which we which we is not happening these days i'm assuming so what so what happens what happens next i mean 
that just started, you know, it, it just goes from like alcohol to cigarettes to pills, which I discovered, you know, if I actually, instead of pouring those pills down the drain, if I actually like pop them, oh, wow, something happens. Like, this is great. And I, I mean, I was even, I was even, not only was I selling the pills, but I remember in like ninth grade, I remember I sold an antibiotic to one of my classmates because she knew I had the connect and I'd be like, you want some? She's like, what is it? I'm like, I don't know, but two bucks. She's like, all right. And she's like, pretending she's high. I bet you, I bet you, you sold your, I bet you, you sold your classmates oregano too. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I never, I never wanted to cheat my product. I was like, this is going to get around and I need to make sure I have some primo shit. So my dealer was actually at the, at the Catholic church I would go to every Sunday and he was my supplier and he would just give me some good shit. And one day he gave me like sticks and seeds. And I was like, what am I, the fuck am I supposed to do with this? And he's like, break the stems, just mix the seed, mix the seeds in there. And I was like, man, you were just, you were giving me some, some swag, some bad stuff. But of course I sold it, you know, it was, it was fine. Um, and at around this time, I, I actually, I, I came to terms with my, my sexuality and, and I came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know what, like, like I like to say, I'm an addict, like, I'm trying to survive a sexual assault. Uh, I'm trying to come out and I'm also trying to run a drug business. And I'm also have, realizing that I need to smoke weed every single day. Like there's, you know, it's not just like one thing. <laughs> it's like, let's do all of them. Like I might as well, I might as well join Girl Scouts while I was at it. Like, come on. Uh, so we, that, you know, that, that, that continued. Uh, I, I, I was smoking every day. Uh, when my parents would go out for a run, I'd smoke. Um, and then I got caught. Uh, but my mom and she was just like, and 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 now I think about it, I think like, holy shit, like my mom must have been terrified because she opens up my purse, mind you. This is when before I discovered that you can actually be a a female masculine woman, mm -hmm. and I still had a purse and like she opened my purse and I and I think back to it now, like she opened this 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 it was a kit, you know, how, like mm -hmm. junkies got kits, right? We got like the spoon, they got like the lighter, they got the they got they got the works, right? Mm -hmm. I was there was like 14 years old, a pothead, and I had foil because I didn't know I didn't have any papers to roll, but I knew that's how you could get high is putting it on foil, you know, and then like lighting it from underneath. I had a straw, which my mom was probably like, what the fuck is going on here? So you were free. You were like freebasing it. I was, <laughs> yeah, you go. I was freebasing uh, uh, marijuana. And I've never heard of that before. That's interesting. I, that's what, but KB, that goes back to what you were saying. Yeah. We're resourceful. Yeah, right? like, mm -hmm. we are resourceful. I don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how to roll a joint. I don't have a piece. Like I still need to get high. Like I can eat it, but that's not as exciting. Yeah. So yeah, you like essentially free yeah. it. And my my mom found the kit, and she was like, "What's going on?" And that started this thing of like my parents were going to put me in a rehab. They took me to a drug counselor. They were just they were like sitting there going, "This is pretty serious." And the drug counselor was like. Are you doing this by yourself? And I was like, yeah, what's the big deal? You know, she's just like, how often? I was like, every day, um, mm -hmm. twice a day, I'd say. And she's like, hmm, okay. And and I didn't understand why it was such a big deal. Um, but I really regret, like, my parents didn't actually send me to, they didn't, they didn't, they decided not to go forward mm -hmm. and send me to rehab, which I think if I had gone, I probably would have gotten sober a little sooner. So they just were like, okay, we're just gonna monitor her. We're just going to check her locker. We're going to search her bag. We're going to like see who she's hanging out with, um, which surprisingly, like I was able to still be like hook up with girls and they didn't know about that part, but they like, 
oh, we need to see if she has drugs. And I'm like, why don't you see if I'm like hooking up with girls? <laughs> well, you said you came, you said your, your family comes from, you said Mexico. So my mom immigrated to the States when she was young, like 10, um, 1959. But my dad was born in LA, like LA proper. Um, okay. So I grew up, it's interesting. I, I don't, I'm not fully bilingual. So I understand it. Um, like I grew up on Sesame Street and like. So you're actually Mexican-American. Yeah. Well, I actually say I'm American because. American, an American Mex. An yeah, American, American Mexican. Mexican. Uh, Fair enough. Okay. But like I have a strong, strong like connection to my culture. You know, we still speak. I speak. I can speak Spanish with my mom. Mm -hmm. You know, we still do the like, the you know, the traditions. I can order food. I have the accent. My partner will say she's like, oh, it's so endearing when you speak Spanish because she's fully bilingual. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's so endearing. I was like, that is the most terrifying time in my life when I actually have to speak Spanish and I can't speak to my people. Uh, yeah. But my sister is fully bilingual. She reads, writes, okay. speaks, can even she can even teach chemistry in spanish that's pretty cool that's right. yeah yeah so, so she's fully bilingual. so my question my question was gonna be do you are your are your parents very old school with stuff like that like do you think they would have like when they found out that you were smoking do you think they would have been more i don't want to say upset or pissed but like do you think you would have gotten more of a reaction from them when they when they found out that you were gay that's or the, uh, like what was what was the it, what was their reaction in comparison to when they found out you were smoking weed so like well so when i came out my mom was just like that's when the i i'd like to say that like the her like superhero veil of super catholic came out she was like this is an abomination in our house. The devil is here. We need to cleanse this house of homosexuality. You need to come back to God. And the way you're going to do that is starting to dress more feminine. And like, will you please like work with me on this so that we can fix this? Like, just so ashamed. Like, I, I can't even begin to describe just it was almost like evangelical in a way. Um, okay. My dad, same thing. Not so much on the evangelical, but just disappointed and upset that I chose this lifestyle. And and as opposed to when I got caught, you know, with my works, um, it was very much just like they're they're scared. I think it's because like my my family had never in in my family there's not a lot of history of addiction. It's sort of like, oh yeah, he drinks a lot, or he'll he'll fix that. Um, but when they saw what what I was doing, they were like, we don't know what to do with homosexuality. It was like easy, like start dressing more feminine, stay away from that girl that you're always talking to, uh, maybe taper down on the sports a little bit and oh shit, maybe we shouldn't have put you in an all girls school. <laughs> but yet somehow they didn't figure out, they couldn't figure out that you were hooking up with girls. Yeah. Like given that they were so strongly against that part you know, that's well, that's KB, but that's the thing that yeah. goes back to how resourceful, resourceful yeah. it's funny you mentioned this because, like, I, I'll tell my I'll tell my partner this, these stories of like how sneaky I was like, like uh, I had a, a math textbook, like a, one of those one those ones that you practice your problems with. Mm -hmm. And I remember cutting out pages to make like a secret stash. And that's where I would hide like all of my my drugs. And like I would tell her these stories and she's just like, what, what? What is what were you thinking? You were like 14. And I said, Well, that's the kind of person I even though I don't do those things, that's the kind of that's a potential. Like yeah, it, that, 
this, I mean, if you think, if I look back when my adult life, when I was using a lot, you know, I, not only was I using, was I had a drug problem, I had an emerging drinking problem, but I cheated on every single partner I was ever with. And those, those strategies of survival. And I think that comes from probably being a sexual assault survivor, that survival strategy of like, I need to hide this. I need Mm -hmm. this. This is mine. I don't want anyone else to get near it. I need this. So like, it was constantly having to hide things, whether it be like my drug addiction, my homosexuality from, from my parents, uh, to my affairs, from my partners to like stealing from work, stuff like that. Uh, That just goes back to just being a survivor. So when my parents found all this out, they were just like, I mean, they were, they were just floored. Like, and this is like non-drug related, but like, uh, <laughs> like sixth grade, like, mind you, I hadn't really started to, to, to use sixth grade. I forged my mom's, my mom's signature on seven different documents at school. And my mom I was, did that once. Kim, these are things I, I, you are illuminating so much for me because I'm thinking of back, like being sneaky was always something that I felt like I had to do. And I, like you have just turned on a light bulb for me because I'm like, okay, when it comes to like my sexual, like my sexual orientation and my gender identity and all these things, I have been always so ashamed of this stuff that I have had to sneak around. And, you know, so many of us who are, who are struggling with alcohol and drugs, you know, we have little stashes all throughout our house and we find, you know, little mini bottles in our boots, you know, years on or, or, you know, something under the mattress if, when we go to move. And that's, that's a very common, that's a very common, but I had never thought of it in relation to to because we have to hide who we are we also have to hide what we do yeah that's fucking brilliant yes and yeah. i mean if you, if you think about like the, the the documents that i forged my mom's signature on they weren't mm-hmm. like i mean like one was like a field trip permission slip and then and this is where dan and i probably deferred like i had a, a light bulb go on going wait a minute field trip how about when i get those detention notices <laughs> or when I close notices home. Hmm. And I and I had there was my entrepreneur spirit. I had a whole technique for for forging my mom's signature that involved like a pencil, two different kinds of pens. My dad's like big light bulb that was for drafting, uh, putting it like keeping a copy of my mom's signature at all times. Like I was so good at it. I remember having being able to do it for my classmates. And that was just that was my nature. I was sneaking around. I was hiding things. And, and and again, I think that really goes back to like surviving sexual assault. We have to, I'm ashamed at, at the core of who I am. And so I hide myself and I sneak. And actually, I mean, I don't do it now in my current relationship, but like my, my partner has like brought it up and like, you, you keep things to yourself. You don't share those things. And I think it's just like at the heart of it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I don't know what, what the hell it is. Maybe it was the fact that I just smashed through like a huge piece of brisket by myself, you know, topless in bed. Maybe I'm ashamed of that. And I don't want to know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or leaving the crumbs away. Earlier, I was like, I should have told you about how I ate brisket in bed topless. Like that was just fantastic. Like that's how I know I'm recovering. There is such good food in LA. Whenever I see like a food TikTok on on my phone, I'm like, why the fuck do these places always have to be in LA? Oh, it's rad. Dan, this is where you become the entrepreneur. This is where you make your own Fogo the Chow right outside your place. Well, let me tell you something. I already have an idea for a food business. I just need like $50,000 to start it. Oh, okay. Well, let me let me uh, start forging some signatures and maybe- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you 
a copy of both of my parents' signatures <laughs> so that they can co-sign on they can co-sign on the loan so I can get me a food truck. Oh, oh. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Greenberg, please don't be listening. <laughs> no, no. I actually you want, you want to know? I actually did I did something I did something similar to that though. When I was in I think when I was in like eighth grade, I I failed a math test, which I normally don't do because math was one of my strong subjects in school. And I, you know, in this particular teacher's class, if you fail a test or you get a zero on a quiz or you whatever, you have to bring it home to your parents. Mm -hmm. They have to sign it and then you got to bring it back to the teacher so that they can see that you failed the test. Um, So <laughs> my grandfather, RIP, he was like 80 something years old at the time. And I was like, Grandpa, I need you to sign this for me. So I had my grandfather sign my test. He had no idea what he was signing. And um, <laughs> I love it. So I brought it back and everything was fine. <laughs> and then my parents show up for parent teacher conference. And, <laughs> and my mom, my parents were the type of parents that used to make me go to parent teacher conferences. Yes. Oh, yeah. And so my teacher says to my parents, they're like, you know, your son failed like his last math test. And they were like, what do you mean? She's like, well, didn't, didn't Daniel show you his last math test? And we were like, no. And then she pulled out the test from her desk and was like, whose signature is this? And my dad goes like, oh, that's my father's signature. <laughs> Dude, yeah. what teacher is paying that close of attention? Okay, I used to be a teacher. Before Did you? She was a real bitch. She was yeah. a real bitch. I hated that. I hated that. Yeah, say, hated that math speak teacher. Speak your truth. Speak your truth. I hated that math teacher. <laughs> Name and shame. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. We don't need libelous charges against our podcast. No, 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 no. No. Well, no. That's slander. Oh, it's slander. That's Libel right, is written. Yep, yep. Because it's spoken. Oh. All right, all right, Kim. Tell us about your teaching. Yeah. No, I. I actually I used to be a public school middle I'm a public a public school middle school teacher oh God, for eight you. years. I taught okay. uh, and then I, I switched careers. I'm now in software engineering. I know it's totally two different. No, it makes teach? sense. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to teach. So I, I have a degree in history, uh, and oh, I have okay. a master I have a master's in education and uh, from UCLA, go Bruins. And uh, I taught in LA Unified, uh, mostly in East LA and in Koreatown. And it was like one of the most rewarding careers I've ever had. Uh, then I started to teach girls how to code, and it was my students who were like, you know, Miss, you're really good at this. I'm like, yeah, you think so? And they're like, you should really do this. And it was my my ex-wife who was the one who was like, you should really consider a career. Like, you're you're really passionate about that. And I went to a coding boot camp and like in 12 weeks, I knew how to code. And like, I mean, it was like a long journey. It was like three years, but I successfully made the transition to software engineer and I haven't looked back. But it's it's funny because like when I was a teacher, you know, I had my students be like, why, why, why did you become a teacher? And they, and actually, I still have it. Um, mm -hmm. I have these two pieces of paper that I did not sign. Okay, <laughs> uh, they were given to me by the school. Um, shout out to Ramona Convent Secondary School, uh, all girls school. Uh, they, I, I, I kept this progress report from my history teacher, and then like a notice that said that I'm no longer in disciplinary probation. 
Um, and I kept it and I, and I framed it. And this progress report was from my history class and it shows that I was doing terrible, like C minus, like not doing <laughs> homework, like needs to take her studies more seriously, mind you, it's cause I'm busy counting bills. And um, I, I, I framed it and I put it in my classroom and my students would be like, I tell this, you know, the kids would be like, Miss, like, what's that from? And I would mm -hmm. tell them the story of how terrible of a student I was that I got, I got kicked out of two different, wait, one, two, yeah, two different schools. Mm -hmm. um, she had to count. Oh my God. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, my parents were going to put me in a boarding school. They even considered military school because I was just like a wiling, while I was just wiling out, like just a why you were wiling. A wiling. Yeah. Like, and my students would be like, wait, you were a bad student? I'm like, hells yeah. And obviously I wouldn't tell them like, you know, hey, I was like, I was snorting crystal meth in high school. Like, no, I wouldn't tell them that, but it was, they would be like, well, what, why do you, then why do you teach? And I said, because I want to give you guys the years I didn't have. I had a terrible seventh and eighth grade year and I don't want you to have that. So that's why I'm teaching this. And they'd be like, oh, you love us, miss. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. That's enough, that's enough, that's enough. But <laughs> I, I remember having it, students in my class like even as young as eighth grade. And I would be like, I'm going to see you in the rooms one day. Mm. Like, like they'd come in like one dude, one, one kid, Albert, he'd always come in with um, red eyes. Mm. And you know, it's even at that point, it was like, you are going to have to go through what you're going to go through. I just hope to see you one day in one of my meetings and like got to a point where he was starting to smell on it. And I was like, I approached him and I was like, yo, Albert, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, yeah, what's up, miss? And I was like, um, one, you probably want to start using eye drops. And I said, and two, if I were you, I would probably change my shirt. I said, maybe have a shirt that you used before and then wear you then put your uniform shirt on. And he's like, How do you know this? Like, what? And I said, I, I could really smell it on you, Albert. And he's like, Ugh. and so I, I kind of made a deal deal with him. I was like, you know, you you're gonna handle it how you're gonna handle it. Yeah. But if I see it again, I'm going to have to say something. Sure enough, he came and I, I had to just call the office and be like, Albert smells like weed. Like, and and mm -hmm. I was just doing my job at that point. I wasn't trying to save the kid, you know, Alan on. It, it was just like, he has to- At that point, you have to. Yeah. I probably would have done something very, very similar to that. Yeah. And, and you know, I wish somebody would have done that for me when I was going through like my beginning stages of using, like mm -hmm. the, I wish somebody would have said to my- to my parents, like, hey, you know what? Like, I hang out with your daughter. We we smoke, uh, we drink, but now she's starting to like bring some pills in, and it's kind of scaring me. Um, but nobody did that. I think it's because it was saying it was like, oh, Kim's really cool. Kim's really cool. Like, she's got she's got access to these things. Like, let me continue to hang out with her. Um, so like, you, you know, go, going through through high school, it was interesting because I mean, high school, like, I kind of like stopped using a little bit, like, and I, and I tell I tell my partner this, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of like chilled out, like, junior senior year, like, I only use like meth like one or once or twice, and she's like, what, like, you, who does that? Like, casually uses meth, and I'm just like, well, somebody had it, and I was like, sure, let me try it. So wasn't your speed? Wasn't your wasn't your speed? Sorry. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, baby. <laughs> But it wasn't, but so, you know, that's, it's true. If it doesn't, if it yeah, doesn't make it, your brain go in the way you want it to, no, then be like, you don't it do doesn't. it again. Yeah. I mean, you can see how energetic I am. Can you imagine me on like stimulus? 
stimulants. The funny shit is that, like, even to this day, like, my friends will say, my my my, my partner and my good friend, who's also in recovery, will be like, we have like, you know, you you Kim, you have what's called calm crackhead energy, where you could be like, just sort of like stirring, but it's it's also soothing in a way because. Maybe because I'm sober, you know, I'm not going to like steal your wallet and head down to Skid Row and like pass out with my hand down my pants in downtown with a bottle of vodka. That is a very specific memory, <laughs> very specific yes. store. Yeah, we've, we've all got those. <laughs> the hand in the pants is definitely a common theme. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we joke, like us stoners will joke, like we'll say like, people who you know go to like na or ca or like cma right the, the their their stories are like i woke up in a dumpster with a needle in my arm or like you know like something from like requiem for a dream and mine my bottoms are like i woke up with my hand in my pants and the tv on too loud again yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, wow, like such a terrible bottom. But it was a bottom for me. Yeah, well, and the problem is, too, that, you know, it affects your career. It affects your finances. It's, you know, it sounds like maybe this may have had an impact on some of your personal relationships as well. So, yeah. So what, you know, what, what finally, like, tell us about, about what kind of finally drove you into the rooms. And then, and then what's happened since? Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, I had a, I had a beautiful run. Um, I want to say beginning like maybe September, 2005 through July, 2006. Uh, I finished college. I had been cheating on yet another girlfriend, uh, moved from San Diego to LA to attend grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, found myself isolated, no friends. Cause my friends were from high school. My parents lived kind of far away. Cause you know, it's LA and traffic. Uh, and I feel like at that point, my addiction was like, I'm here. So it was just like a nine month run of just wake up, get high, somehow go to class, student teach, like be like supervise children in the way. Um, and then end it in the same night. You know, obviously there was things like finding someone to hook up with and stuff. Uh, and so I, I, I really started to, I'd say like my, my downward spiral was like around starting April. Um, I had a, I don't, I can't honestly remember. It might've been like a two week binge. I don't know. I, I wish I could remember, but I just know it was, it was a binge where I didn't have much memory of anything. Um, I partying, using drugs, uh, smoking, pretty smoking as often as I could. Um, surprisingly when someone offered me heroin, when I saw them shoot up, I was like, not tonight that's oh, i thought you were gonna say that sounds dope no <laughs> no uh, you know, like uh watching that person shoot up i was like that looks so good like but i but i had that i think it was that moment of clarity where god was like no mm-hmm. i'm not that's not gonna happen today and i immediately was like no i actually have i have class in the morning so i can't mm-hmm. but if i didn't if i hadn't listened to, to god I, I would definitely have, have shot that night. Um, and so we came, I came in the rooms uh, around my birthday. Uh, I had been on a binge. I couldn't, I couldn't stop shaking, couldn't stop thinking about it. I was actually working at Trader Joe's and I was going to grad school and I was student teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I even couldn't, I couldn't sleep. And I remember I asked this friend, we were smoking, we were, we were binging together. And he was like, do you think you have a problem? And it just hit me. I was like, 
Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I think I honestly do. Um, mm -hmm. That was the first time in my life I ever said that I had a problem with drugs. And then I went to, to Kaiser because I thankfully had health insurance. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I went in and I was just like, I've been here before. Like I was 14 and uh, my parents were going to put me in and they're like, okay, well, it's just figure things out. So I started doing the inpatients, not the, sorry, the outpatient stuff. And I just, at this point, I was thinking like, I'm just going to like chill, kind of figure, you know, like recalibrate. And then I'm going, and then I'm going to go back out there. Um, and that thankfully didn't happen because uh, in that outpatient uh, room, I remember I, I met somebody who was like, cause I, I hadn't gone to AA and he was just like, it was just great meeting. Um, it's gay. Uh, and I was like, gay? I'm there. Like, yeah, I want to be with some nice. homies. Let's go. So he's like, it's <laughs> anonymous. And I was like, there's a marijuana anonymous? And he's like, yes, there is. And I walked into my first meeting at the Gay and Lesbian Center uh, Saturday morning, 1030, for Marijuana Anonymous. And I just remember going in there. And my first thought was, wow, there are a lot of Jews who use weed. Wow. I have never seen so many Jews in one place. Like I grew up on the east side of LA where it's like, I mean, LA is like Latinx all the way. But mm -hmm. when you're like in Southeast LA, like Pico Rivera, Whittier, Montebello, it's majority brown. And at this point it's like second, third generation. Uh, so I go to West Hollywood and it's just like, Oh, like what is what's Laheim? Like, why are you saying that? Like, and and I remember I met this this lady. She must have been like seventy years old, and she had man like ten years of recovery. And I was like, what? Like, you used to do drugs? And she was just telling me about it. And and uh, I just said like, you made a wicked matzo ball soup. I bet, right? Like, I I never like I kind of knew what of what the Sabbath was because mm -hmm. like we at Catholic school we we studied like the the ancient hebrews and stuff but then i i get here and like everyone's just everyone knows each other and i was like i don't know if i belong here but then there were all a bunch of queers and i i just remember going like I, I don't i don't know i don't know but let me just keep coming back and i and i i remember i think i want to say maybe i had like 15 days um but at this point i was still drinking mm -hmm. uh i was drinking a bottle of at the time two buck chuck a night which i thought was normal um but if I talk to normies, they're like, a bottle a night? Like, that's a lot. And I was like, I guess so. My my teeth were always stained. My tongue was always, you know, uh, uh, red. And at one point, I remember pissing out red. And I was like, oh. I don't know if this is normal, Jeez. but like. I'm but for me in situations like that, I'm like, oh, it's just wine. Like, it's. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's just wine. So I have it under control. For Thank me. you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in the, in the long, I would look at the long, the long schema and it was like, well, I'm not. I'm not out there like taking money that I don't have to buy drugs. It's just yeah. Shiraz coming out my urethra. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the way that we rationalize this stuff mm. is fascinating, isn't it? You're like, no, no, no. Everything's, everything's fine. Everything's cool. fine. Very cool. Um, <laughs> and I think around like 15 days of not smoking weed, I finally got to a point. By my mind at this point, I was um, in danger of failing my first year at grad school because I didn't complete my final because I was too busy smoking and I was too paranoid to leave. And uh, I remember 15 days in, I went to my I went to the meeting and there was this guy there that was like, my name is Ben. I'm a grateful recovering addict. And I was like, fuck this guy. Who is this guy? Mr. I feel so good. I'm a grateful recovering addict. My name is Ben. 
uh, you know, and I'm just like, this guy, this guy, like, <laughs> you know, when we asked, like, who's this guy in your life? It was Ben, Ben R. This, you know, he was, oh, I'm so grateful. And I'm just like thinking, freaking Ben. This guy probably has like 10 years and he's got this. Meanwhile, I'm like, literally withdrawing from marijuana and like not having pills and I somehow need to come to terms with the fact that I cheated on my girlfriend again. This guy, like talking about how wonderful life is. And I made it my goal. I was like, I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to, I'm going to wipe that smile off that man's face. He's going to he's gonna listen to me and be like, Oh, I was so sad. <laughs> come here, come here. And let me give you a big hug. It didn't happen. My name is Ben. I'm a grateful recovery addict. This guy. So came back, came back. And it, I, I don't know, this is God working in my life, but, um, that man eventually took a chip and he took a chip for 60 days. And I was like, hold up. You, you have like 30 days more than I do. And this is how you feel like, okay, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. And mm-hmm. I listened to his story and I listened to what he did. And I was like, okay. And, it, and it's just sort of like, I think that's where I was fine. I finally it said, it's not important that I start saying yes, but it's important that I stop saying no. And I said, I finally did that and eventually got a sponsor, worked the steps. Um, I did have a couple, there's, I'm not going to lie, like 15 years in, like I've had some close calls. Most of the close calls have been like, take a sip and you're like, oh my God, this is not what I thought. And then you have that moment where you're like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, hold on. And I luckily had a sponsor who was like, you can take that second sip. That's a different story. Um, but like, you know, I, I, I had, um, I want to say like a year ago, I actually had a really close call. Um, I was working on some things with my sexual assault, with my, uh, my therapist. And just out of nowhere, I just had this incredible urge to just run down the, dis- run down to the dispensary because now you can do that. Did you know that you can get it delivered? I'm like, you do it here in New York now too. Colorado. I would, yep. You would yeah. never be sober. Like, thank the freaking Lord I got sober before you had to deliver you got it delivered. Like here I am calling my my dealer, like, yo, you got them t-shirts? <laughs> you got them L green CDs. Like now you could just roll in like it's a like but you know what though? Paper. They tax the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Is it like super expensive? Yeah, like okay. Yep. I remember when I was first driving, like my parents live in Cape Cod now. So every, every time I drive up there, I got to pass through fall river, which there's a, there's a dispensary right off of 95 in fall river. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, let me just go and see like what it's all about. Cause like, I've never been to a dispensary before there, Massachusetts. I think the marijuana sales tax, let me just check to make sure it's like, it's like 13 or 14% Ugh. on it's top of the sales tax. But it's an additional, that additional tax. Yeah. But it allows us to fund our education department. But anyway, I could tell you all kinds of interesting tourist stories when they come here and they, they eat their little edible and they don't know that the, the potency has changed since the 1970s. And then they have, um, you know, some emotional emergencies in public. <laughs> which is, mm. Always an interesting time. I'm sorry. It's 10.75% is the, is the, the tax on 
cannabis products in Massachusetts. So wait, wait. So the, the, the like this, the sales tax in LA County is 10.75. So you mean to tell me 10.75? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Sales tax in LA is 10%? Yeah, it's a lot. I think it's like nine. Or wow, oh, that's, that's more than New York. New York, it's like eight point seven five percent. I could, I mean, I could be blowing blowing things out my butthole, but like, I'm pretty certain it's like ten ten point something. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, you got to pay your taxes. For, damn, now I see. Now I no. see why dealers are still in business. <laughs> exactly. So, no, like, it's not worth it. for example, yeah. for example, like the like if you wanted if you wanted like a pre-roll joint for like 20 bucks. You'd have the $20 plus the 10% sales tax plus the 10.75% cannabis tax. Damn. And then you're, and then that's your total. See, and, and I think that my attic brain is going, you know what? This is why cocaine makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Cause you ain't got no taxes on cocaine. You're going to be paying like 80 bucks for like an eighth. But it'll last you a lot longer, and most people are not paying them taxes. <laughs> this, the Sober Highway does not endorse selecting cocaine instead of marijuana. <laughs> Listen, a lot of <laughs> we we encourage we encourage people to live the sober lifestyle that works for them. Harm reduction, you know, um, green, so green plan, whatever works. It, if your if your recovery plan involves involves abstaining from all substances altogether, more power to you. If you're if you're one of the people that like that subscribes to that California sober lifestyle, hey, that's your that's your uh, that's your prerogative. <laughs> I, but I, I once you find that. something that works, stick to it. But you got to be honest with yourself. If it doesn't work, then you got to try something else. I mean, like on the real, I. I... You know, I thought about that. I was like, maybe I could do harm reduction, but I'm like scared shitless. That like I'm going to end up on heroin because yeah, it. <laughs> that's what I mean. Calm crack hit energy. You go from like, let me just have like a pre rolled joy, or, and the next thing you know, I'm like sucking dick for like a little bit of junk. Yeah, I got a I got a recovery <laughs> joke for you. Oh, well, so a guy it. walks into a bar, sits down, asks the bartender for a johnny walker neat right so the bartender pours the johnny walker puts it on the bar and the guy smacks it off the bar and then goes let me get another one right so he pours it again he drinks it and the guy goes the bartender goes i gotta ask why did you knock that first drink off the bar why'd you knock that drink off the bar he goes well a lot of a lot of people in the AA meeting say, as long as you don't take that first drink. <laughs> oh, 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Love it. <laughs> she, she goes, boo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kim, I wanna I wanna circle back to you some text. Go ahead, speak go ahead. I'm sorry. We're, we're both in, let's circle back. But I want to circle back to the fact that you recovered out of spite against Ben R. <laughs> because I I absolutely love the fact that like that lines up very closely with my personal approach as well. So I just want to commend you for recovering out of spite. Thank you to Ben R. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's how I also ended up in like Al-Anon, like out of spite mm-hmm. to like my ex-wife or like she, you know, I won't go into that, but like the feeling, the feelings I was left with at the end of this, relationship it was definitely this feeling of like 
I'm going to recover and I'm going to go into Al-Anon. And it was like, oh, 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 this actually makes sense. Okay, I should probably stay here. But yeah, <laughs> you, you want to know I irony? Ben and I are good friends. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. I love it. That's, we, that's great. We always call ourselves a class of 06 because we got sober the same year. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's that's pretty cool. It's 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 wonderful. I mean, now uh, my my recovery is is focused mostly on AA because so here's here's a weird thing. Like I I stopped. I, I okay. I, I can't smoke weed. I know that because if I pick up a pre pre rolled that's been heavily taxed, uh, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> In the morning, I'm gonna do it at afternoon. I, like even now, I'm like my little brain is like, oh, you work from home, you could do it all the time. You can smoke and oh, on Mondays and Fridays because you don't have meetings where you're on video. Like already, my little attic brain is planning this. But I actually stopped uh, drinking alcohol because part of uh, marijuana anonymous, at least in the meetings I, I was going to, was in order for you to receive a chip, you wow. needed to be free, uh, free from um, marijuana and all mind altering substances, including alcohol. Mm -hmm. So in order for me and my ego to be massaged, I needed to stop drinking. And I actually kept drinking for a month after I stopped smoking weed. And so I remember my, my sponsor at, <laughs> in December of 2006, I was like, yeah, I got six months. Da, 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 da. Like, I'm so excited. And then she's like, and I told her, we did, we were doing step work. And I said, yeah, I, you know, I kept drinking for another month after mm -hmm. I got sober. And she's like doing the math. And she's like, so you don't have six months. I was like, what are you talking about? She says, well, to take a chip, you don't have six months. And I was like, mm. uh, shit. She's like, well, part of this program is being rigorously honest with yourself. You know, if you want to be rigorously honest, you need to do it. You need to do it with your God, with me and to the group. And I was like, what does that mean? She says, you have to give your chip back. I was like, oh my God. Oh, and at like six months when your brain is all still spicy, oh, like that must have been, that must have been yeah. a challenge. But I went into that meeting uh, at St. Bede's Episcopal, Episcopal Church underneath the church. And I, you know, rose my hand and I said, hey, you know, I did the math. I kept drinking for a month and I don't have six months. I have five months. So I, I had to give this chip back and I was waiting for everyone to be like, like a bad, like a bad sobriety book. <laughs> <laughs> and waiting for them to be like, you can't be the, the snack lady anymore. Like, we don't want your tainted snacks, you know? And instead everybody was like, at the end of the meeting was like, oh my God, thank you for your, your courage. Like you've really, you are just the person I needed to hear speak today. And it's like, You're only so brave. Yes. That's Only wonderful. in a 12 step meeting will somebody lie and be like, I lied and I killed somebody and I stole something. And then someone will be like, Look at the growth. Look at the growth. <laughs> it's true. It's true. true. But yeah. it helps you in those early days too to like, because again, back to the sneaking and the, everything in our lives became unmanageable from that perspective, everything. right? Yeah. Sneaking things, hiding it away, like not wanting to be honest about it. And yeah. And so like, um, I, I, you know, I gave that shit back and, um, and, and like now where I'm at, you know, I, I say I'm an alcoholic. I didn't really have a lot of, like I had a drinking career, but because marijuana was my first choice, like there's this weird part of my brain. That's like, you're not really an alcoholic. You can probably have a cocktail. Mm -hmm. 
and you'll be okay. Because remember how it was like towards the end? Like, yeah, you were drinking a bottle of wine tonight, but it's this wine. Like, <laughs> you're not, and you're not driving that much. And so I, and I, I thought to myself, like, maybe I could. And then there was a, a, a in 2019, I was working a terrible job. Uh, and I had, reached a point in my life where like my job was just starting to mentally affect me. I was having cold sweats. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having physical pain. My marriage was starting to fall apart. And then I remember being <clears throat> work after a really bad day. And I said to myself, I could really use some vodka right now. And it's wild. Like my sponsor would be like, isn't that really interesting? When you thought about going out, you didn't think about go getting a pre-rolled or like go and, you know, get an eight ball. You thought about grabbing alcohol and not only alcohol, you even knew gray goose vodka. You were going to go get a big bottle of gray goose vodka from a liquor store. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know what that means. She says, maybe you need to go to AA. And I'm like, oh. and I don't know. Another I, group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I go to AA. And, it, you know, it's convenient, but it's also like, there's part of me that's like, I'm here because I don't want to find out if I'm an alcoholic. I'd rather just admit that I am. And just remember those bottle and bottle a night and remember like how I used to use alcohol with marijuana and pills and then go surfing. Um, <laughs> and and just just admit that like you you can't have alcohol like you you could, but you're going to have really bad consequences. And it's worked for me. You know, I, yeah. I, this wonderful life that I have is as a result of me not having anything in my system. So why am I going to bring something in it just to see what happens? Like, I know what's going to happen. Like, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm going to be sucking dick for fucking, you know, black tar heroin or, or like oxys. <laughs> I go from one cocktail to like somehow some, doing something I haven't done since 1998. Well, and it's not something that just, it, it's not just a switch, right? But it goes pretty quick, I think, for a lot of us once we, yeah, once we go down that. So, and I think it's important to realize that, like, relapse isn't a requirement, you yeah. know? <clears throat> yeah, I'm super grateful that I don't have relapse in my in my story. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, and I don't want that to find out if I really am. Like, I'll just think I'm an alcoholic and, you know, the wor- what's the worst that could happen? Like, I'll be in my feelings. Ooh. <laughs> fair enough fair enough well we are coming up on the end of our time and kim this has been an absolutely illuminating and fantastic podcast what i'd like to find out from you is if you've got some advice for the sober community out there today people who are listening you know what what would you want to say to someone who's maybe new in the program or on the struggle bus or like like what what advice can you give us oh uh, the best advice I could give you was what was told to me uh, coming into the program was that if nobody told you that they love you today, that you were worthy of love, I want you to know that I love you very much. Even though I have never met you, we are both on the same journey. We are both in this together. I absolutely love you for doing that. Thank you for letting me be a part of your recovery. And I can't wait to see you in a meeting. 
That's amazing. Kim, well, just just cut it now. That was that was fantastic. So then you know what? I'll just I'll do my I'll do my post roll. Kim, stick around for like another minute or two after we do our sign off, and we can just do like a like a quick debrief. Well, does Kim have anything that? Do you have any? Are you an author? Do you have any social media you want to share with us? Like, do you have any have anything about sobriety that you want to that you want the viewers to be able to yeah. access? Yeah, well, nothing specific to my sobriety, but I'm all my life is is an open book. Uh, For someone who had a lot of shame, you're always welcome me welcome to follow me on social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram, uh, Lady Cornfish. That is also a a sobriety story that if we ever got a chance to like do fellowship together, I would tell you about. Is it Lady Cornfish on both uh... Instagram and Twitter? I also have a website uh, that's mostly focused on uh, engineering and like being a woman of color in engineering. Uh, my website is merino.rocks. Uh, merino.rocks? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I'm R-O-C-K-S about, like, or R-O-X? R-O-C-K-S. And, uh, Wait, so like dot rocks is like a, like, not like, like a dot com? Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, yeah, yeah. I bought that in like, what, 2015? Uh, yeah, you could totally do that now. Huh. Yeah. I'm looking and, up Lady I wonder if someone's got a, I wonder if somebody has a website called sobriety.rocks. If not, it could be you, Dan. I'll fucking buy that shit. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is, that's fantastic. And and I love... So, okay, so are we... Oh, somebody's got it. Boom. Oh, they have sobriety rocks. Boo. Um, it, Kim did has a link to a Frankie Zoom meeting. Meet you here. through the through the. Is it lesbians who who code or lesbians in tech? No, we we met prior to that. She okay. came to speak at my coding boot camp. She was one, I think, one co- cohort ahead of me. Okay, and she was in Hack Reactor. I was in a different one. She came to speak to me about working at a startup, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You are amazing. I need to talk with you." And we stayed in touch. And every time there was a lesbians who tech summit. Uh, I'd always meet up with her because she was in the Bay. And then we've just stayed in touch through her moves to D.C., to Vegas. She was actually here in this living dining room uh, for my uh, barbecue birthday last year. Oh, um, bad. Yeah, we're, and, and we actually used to work together at ICX Media, uh, what, in 20, 2020? She okay. actually hired me. Okay, cool, cool. That's pretty cool. I think it's really important, and I'm so glad that you're that you're sharing the resources around the the coding activities that you're trying to bring. And also, you know, Dan and I are noticing that, and I, you know, I've just been kind of seeing that this is that this is the situation is that a lot of the voices in sobriety all kind of seem to look alike. And if we can, get, I'm trying to be polite on that, okay, yeah. <laughs> so you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, but, but yeah, there, the sobriety experience is different for those of us who are in the queer community. It's different for people of color. It's different for people who come from communities with re- different religious heritage or, you know, it, it's, it's a very, di- like a diverse experience and what we don't want to do is force it into that box and so to be able to get different voices who are telling us all about their own lives in this way is really a priority for our podcast and i'm really glad you were able to share today yay i'm so happy you can bring a queer a a queer latinx voice to to sobriety Um, well it means a lot let me tell you something i think we have i think the only person to be I think we've only had two male guests on our show. Yeah. Everybody else has either been, you know, female or, uh, well, they've all been female yeah. outside of those two, but like they're either 
a member of the Alphabet Mafia. That the <laughs> the term that they that KB taught me about last week. I told him it's okay. <laughs> um, or it's a person of color, or it's just some. It, it everybody's from like a different group, and it's just it's so amazing to meet so many different people from so many different parts of the country. First of all. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have our first guest from the East Coast in a few weeks. Yeah, it was all of our West, West all of our guests have been from like the western half of the country. It's because wow. it's better. It's because it's better. It's okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. Right there, right there. Us and our and our big sales. You know, <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say something to 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 Ronnie about the fact that. It's I think it's I think it's stupid that Arizona is on their own they have their own time zone in Arizona. I'm like you're, you know there's no daylight savings in Arizona, right? Yeah, I'm like you're fucking Arizona. Like okay, maybe if you're in Georgia. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. You're surrounded by other states, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. So 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 let me do my let me do my post roll and then stick around for a quick debrief after that. So right. sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> well, thank you everybody for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more of the Sober Highway, go ahead and check us out on all the major podcasting platforms. Anywhere where you can listen to a podcast, we're probably there. Um, we are on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher. Uh, we are also on the Good Pods app, which we are in the top 10 of indie social science podcasts, which is kind of dope. Um Follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Get involved with our TikTok campaign to get AJ McLean on the Sober Highway podcast. Uh, If you want to be a guest on the show, uh, or if you have any information that you want to share with KB and I, go ahead and DM us on any of our social media platforms or email us at thesoberhighway at gmail.com. You can follow KB at WarMaiden underscore official on both TikTok and Instagram. Happy to see you there. And uh, Kim, just uh, give a drop your uh, your at again. Uh, yeah, I'm actually on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok uh, at Lady Cornfish. Lady Cornfish, I fucking magical. Love <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's it. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.